Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast would be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. Throughout the entire month of December, we will be giving towards the Lottie Moon Annual Christmas Offering. Each year, the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering is used by the Southern Baptist Convention to support Southern Baptist missionaries and their families on the international mission field. The way that we give to Lottie Moon at Lake Murray is through our GoFund Missions Offering. And all month long on the podcast, we'll be emphasizing missionaries and ministries who are working diligently to take the gospel to the nations. Beginning with our guest today, Dr. Matt Rogers. Matt is the lead pastor of the church at Cherrydale in Greenville, South Carolina, and also serves as assistant professor of North American church planning at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Matt is currently involved with the Palmetto Collective, an initiative of the South Carolina Baptist Convention to mobilize college students to leverage their final years of college for the sake of their neighbors and the nations. Matt is a good friend, and I'm excited to welcome into the podcast. Matt, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So I mentioned this in the outset, one of the exciting things that I think you are uh, really on the ground floor of uh, and have been over the last year or two is the Palmetto Collective. And so this is an opportunity for college students, primarily within the state of South Carolina, to spend their last uh, two years of college and then years after college uh, on the international mission field, or at least uh, in some form with uh, international missions. And so, man, I I wonder if you would just kind of talk with our audience a little bit today about what the Palmetto Collective is and, and kind of how it got started. Yeah, so so I grew up in South Carolina and and have seen over the course of the years of ministry and, and mission in the state, you kind of the, the, the two realities. So on the one hand, we've got just a strong mission history. We've got a state that uh, has uh, churches that throughout their their lifespan been uh, intent on training and sending leaders have invested uh, boatloads of resources to getting people to the nation. Then on the other hand, we we have a culture where uh, the on ramp to say vocational ministry or mission is perhaps not all that healthy. So so you've got a culture where people maybe at a youth camp or conference or uh, in, in some type of training environment kind of indicate a sense of God calling them to uh, to mission sending, to vocational ministry. And, and and over the course of the years, perhaps they get hired at the church, perhaps they do some seminary. But, um, uh, you know, along the way, there isn't in many cases an intentional process of developing the types of leaders that can persevere in the work over the long haul. And particularly mm-hmm. when you think about uh, international mission sending, even North American church planting. Um, we're talking high degree of spiritual warfare. We're talking very complex cultural issues. We're talking uh, marriages and, and uh, just learning to adjust in really challenging circumstances. And so uh, the training mechanisms for, for getting there really need to be uh, pretty robust. And frankly, um, they're beyond uh, the capacity of many of our churches to do to do on their own. So, so uh, Palmetto Collective was uh, was initiated a number of years ago, and just in some backroom conversations with Baptist Convention leaders to say, 
are there some ways that our collection of churches around the state could partner with uh, churches that have a desire to to train and send leaders to, to make it long haul uh, as uh, missionary laborers, whether that's uh, internationally North American church planting or or you know church planting team, whatever the the end game is, missionary mm-hmm. laborers in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And so this program is designed to to allow uh, South Carolina churches or collegiate ministries to flag students that demonstrate a high competence and character and a sense of calling to. Uh, this end game and say, could we design a, a two-year process that uh, gives them some some more robust training, some access to uh, biblical teaching on the, the purpose and ends of mission, and um, primarily does like a lot of hands and feet-based training that gets them accustomed to cross-cultural relationships, language acquisition, conflict management, um, sharing the gospel, uh, particularly mm-hmm. with people who are unlike you, uh, walking with new converts in the first few uh, months after coming to faith. Like a lot of the the skills that we're seeing, we have been seeing missionaries having to learn on the field when they're in kind of in the fire. Uh, man, what a, what, what a better uh, on-ramp to give them kind of an apprentice season to learn it in the safe confines of, of ministry and mission here in the state. Well, I think that's such a really good answer as to kind of talking about the inner workings and the intentionality that you guys are moving uh, with in the Palmetto Collective to give uh, primarily college students that opportunity to um, understand cross-cultural uh, mission, understand the opportunity of, of being intentionally discipled over their last few years of college. And uh, anybody who kind of follows the statistics or reads any statistics, you see uh, that demographic of 18 to 25-year-olds often is the 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 group of kids who are leaving the church. They grow up in the church, grow up in youth group, go off to college, and then oftentimes leave the church. But specifically, what you're saying is that Palmetto Collective is targeting this age group, uh, specifically students who are in college. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the intentionality of, of why uh, you guys have selected to target college students with, uh, with with this opportunity? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a cost-benefit. So, I mean, the, the cost is certainly, yes, you're seeing uh, students leave the church. You're seeing maybe some of the fundamentalism, the culture that uh, maybe many of them have been exposed to, not not having good inroads into ma- mature adult lives, maybe mm-hmm. lack of discipleship, so on and so forth. But at, at the same time, you know, I think that age segment, uh, you do see in the the rising generation this uh, uh, you know zeal, this um, yeah. this desire to take risk. Um, you know, if we look, uh, I'm 41, married, uh, 17 years. We have five kids, and just think on a real practical level, the the uh, complexity of making kind of those life-altering decisions, and it goes up astronomically as we kind of move into middle and later adulthood. And so, when we consider, hey, where where is kind of the age segment that that uh, that has kind of this zeal baked into the culture? There's a desire to be a be a part of something bigger than yourselves. Uh, there's a lack of some of the constraints that perhaps others might have. And frankly, you know, if we if we take say a 19, 20, 21 year old and we fling them somewhere in the world for mission, and and let's say that's not like lifelong. They're there for ten years. Let's say, well, man, they've learned 
skills, they've learned missionary disciplines that wherever they uh, mm. steward the rest of their lives, right? They're able to live out this missionary calling uh, with with much greater intentionality. So you don't want to talk, you know, kind of return on investment, but maybe that language is helpful. Like, where's the greatest return on investment yeah. if, if we have limited resources? It seems to me those kind of, uh, and again, what I said earlier, that that we're, we're not just kind of uh, uh, picking blindly, but saying, hey, who are students that are already kind of being flagged by their pastors or leaders as right. demonstrating a high degree of competence or calling? So you're, you're taking kind of the five-star students and saying, hey, let's invest some extra intentionality in them and see kind of what the return is going to be long-term. Yeah, I love that that's the way that you guys have seen this because that's the I mean that's the way that I think we would see it too is there is an advantage specifically in stage of life but also that desire I think that we uh, see as well from a lot of our 18 to 25 or, or kind of college students, young professionals, uh, just a desire to be a part of something that is so much bigger and grander than themselves. And so I think Palmetto Collective does a tremendous job of really kind of directing some of that passion and some of that zeal towards uh, the, whether it's North American church planning or whether it's international mission, whatever it looks like. So you've kind of given us a little bit of a vision for uh, what the the goal of Palmetto Collective was, what it is. Can you talk a little bit now about how the process works? Like, when are you kind of putting kids into the pipeline? What's the training process look like? Maybe walk us through a little bit of what the process looks like. Yeah, and let me let me do that. Let me uh, spin back to the preceding question with just one final comment that I thought as you were as you were commenting there. You Mm -hmm. know, the the trends of the trends of of numbers. We we read about that. So you know, people leaving the church and. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, perhaps there's, there's truth to that. I do wonder though, um, is the, um, the growing, uh, challenge of living as a believer in the state, some of the growing, uh, antagonism with culture, some, uh, is that going to actually produce more robust disciples of Jesus in this culture? And I think mm. we can, you know, when we look at the 18 to 25 year old segment, we could just do it like on hard math and say, oh my goodness, we've got, you know, these 10 students that are leaving the church. But at the end of the day, like one student with vibrant passion for the Lord, um, intentional to live out that missionary calling over the course of their lives, like that can do far greater good um, mm, at, yeah. at the end of the day than than ten flaky students. And so yeah. I'm not trying to minimize the the those who are leaving the church. I think that you know something we can learn from that. But to say we don't need to just look at hard math at the end of the day, and maybe God's refining uh, that that those that are that are still a part, and maybe what we're going to get is more robust missionary leaders um, over the long haul. So um, it, it, to fast forward to the process you ask about, we're, we're envisioning a two-year uh, two year window, kind of four semesters, fall and spring of junior year, fall and spring of senior year, um, kind of 1.0, 2.0 uh, type process with mm-hmm. the first year being um, kind of biblical theology of mission, uh, understanding of who you are, understanding of God's purposes for his church, Hopefully, in an ideal world, this is really doubling down on what their local church is already teaching them. You know, mm. now, yeah, yeah. Uh, m- maybe that's not not the case always, but um, get, making sure they they know how to communicate the gospel, making sure they understand why the church exists, making sure they understand who they are and how the spirits built them, and then um, segueing that into 
uh, do they know how to communicate that to others kind of in their, their missionary disciplines? Do they know how to uh, train and make disciples? And then as the process moves, um, semester two, we're going to do some work in, in character and uh, discernment of calling, particularly helping with refinement of uh, location and maybe wiring. How does my personality uh, help help me discern where where I would fit on a team, what type of team I need to be looking for, what type of location uh, do I need to pursue, and then some of the character heavy lifting uh, that you know, is going to get assessed, say on an IMB application one day. That mm-hmm. we want to go ahead and you know make sure that we're having some conversations, some intentional uh, work there, and then then year two is. Uh, much more of the the cross cultural disciplines, much more of the practices uh, of mission, as I, as I mentioned earlier. You know, what does it look like to uh, enter a subset of culture where you know of no known believers? What does it look like to uh, seek out a person of peace? How do how do you apply parables of sower imagery to our work in evangelism? How do we uh, respond to those who um, want nothing to do with the gospel? How do we respond to those who inquire and want to know more? Uh, how do we respond to those who, who trust in Christ? How do we bring the church along in that process? And so hopefully in year two, once we've established some baseline for missionary living from the scriptures, then we're able to uh, talk through and help them develop the missionary practices. And honestly, that's that's really the, the beauty of the process in my mind isn't classroom instruction, but it's field practice. So yeah. each of the students are lined up with a mentor, uh, ideally in their local church, who's walking with them through this process. I've written the curriculum. So there, there's um, within each cycle, there's uh, practices. You know, I'm, I'm challenging them to go do this or this. And then they're reporting back to their mentor or they're sharing with other students in the collective. Along the way, we're going to do a number of trips and uh, exposure opportunities to cross-cultural work in their cities or around the world. And then at the themes in their semester, so say um, winter, summer, uh, particularly, giving them some opportunities to partner with South Carolina sent ones in, say, um, uh, uh, Pittsburgh or Chicago or Salt Lake mm-hmm, City mm-hmm. or uh, internationally, where we've uh, we've sent uh, laborers uh, to say, hey, can you go go kind of live with this family for three months and get a sense of uh, what uh, what it looks like to really enter a culture. A lot of the uh, a lot of the ways many of our churches do short term trips. Um, there's huge benefit to them. There's also some challenge in that they are they are woefully short. You know, yeah, uh, sure. at best most of us are there seven days, and so uh, the reality of right what it looks like to actually enter culture as an outsider develop relationships, earn the right to share, those kind of things. It just takes time. And so want to try to give them some experience to test the waters in that before they're packing their bags and moving, you know, halfway across the world. One of the things you mentioned, Matt, was as you guys begin to kind of teach some of this biblical theology, character shaping, and then even kind of walk through what you said, some of that field experience. You mentioned that you were hoping these were things that they had already uh, been been at least uh, primed in through their local church. And I know as you guys and several of you who were involved in kind of um, birthing this process were concerned about or, or wanted to be intentional about local church partnership. And so why is it important that these students be connected to a local church? Well, if the end game, as I understand the biblical end game, uh, is, is not... Um, 
simply individual converts, but it's healthy churches. And this mm-hmm. is what we're running after around the world. And so if the end game is healthy churches, um, it, it stands to reason that you're not going to give your life for the sake of healthy church around the world if you're not a part of a healthy church here in the States, you know, whatever uh, area that God has you in uh, currently. If the healthy church isn't uh, baked into um, your vibrant Christian discipleship here, uh, it's just not likely that it's going to be the case uh, internationally. In much the same way, we would say, like, um, you know, if you're not sharing the gospel and seeing uh, people come to faith here locally, you're not doing that in your neighborhood, like a plane ride is not going to change that. You're not going to get That's halfway right. around the world and magically start to become a great evangelist. So, right. um, so, so, so we want to see kind of healthy church. And then um, a lot of, it seems to me that a lot of the missionary disciplines, a lot of the, the Christian discipleship is um, multi-generational in its orientation. And so I, I don't want to uh, diminish the work that can happen on college campuses. Uh, I think there's significant work that can happen there, really good work. Um, but there are some liabilities with a homogenous group of people that are all the same age. And um, when we when we look at the church that, you know, in, in an ideal church setting, we get uh, diversity, we get age diversity, we get uh, uh, political diversity, we get socioeconomic diversity that allows us to say, hey, what are some of the some of the missionary practices that the 60 year old um uh, saints in our body has been living out for, for 40 years. And how does that then get invested mm. in this uh, 18 to, to 20 year old uh, in the context of the local church? But just to give you a, a sense of perspective, uh, I think we have 23 students doing Palmetto Collective year one mm-hmm. uh, playbook. And uh, we ask them kind of in the assessment process, hey, is, is, uh, is, is there somebody in your church that you would consider a mentor that's kind of like meeting with you on a regular basis? Or somebody that you kind of look up to in that way that like is a desirable mentor. And of the 23, we had three students that could give us the name of a spiritual mentor in their local church. Wow. And so, you know, I think wow. we, you might say, well, that's kind of, you know, but I mean, this is kind of cream of the crop, five-star students uh, mm. that are being identified and and they're just not able to say, hey, there's, there's, there's an older person in my church that's taken an active interest in my life enough for me to to say I'm doing a little bit of like first Corinthians 11 one follow me as I follow Christ practice with somebody and it um I fear that that if that's true of the cream of the crop and it's like woefully true of broader student ministry or collegiate ministry in our churches well, it is such an important connection between uh, these students who are being trained to go to the to the whether it's North American church planning, whether it's international mission field, that they have this base of support here in the local church. And you're exactly right. I mean, these are the cream of the crop, five star. These are students that we've identified as leaders, coming uh, you know next generation leaders. And and to hear that so few of them have uh, one person in their local church that they could point to to say this is a person who's discipled me is something that I think that. Should motivate local churches to begin to think about how are we investing well in the next generation. And so, Matt, I know that the Palmetto yeah, Collective. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. No, I was gonna. You you mentioned uh, in kind of setting out the podcast that one of the one of the motives for this for Lake Murray is that that you're trying to cultivate uh, mission giving and and you know how mm-hmm. you guys are participating in the work of 
in, in God's work around around the world, and, and certainly Lake Murray is a is a church that's invested in that work. I think, um, you know, historically the collaborative work, particularly through cooperative programs, through offerings like Lottie Moon, Annie Armstrong, and the like, we've we've been able to uh, collaborate to do so much together. That sadly, though, in many many ways, that's kind of like uh, behind a veil to many in mm-hmm. our churches, and so. Like, yeah, we give, yeah, we participate, but like, we don't know many faces. And so that's another aim that I think um, Palmetto Collective serves is that the more our South Carolina churches are saying that like, yeah, I give, I give through the mechanisms of, of SBC life, but I do it because like, man, I, I was mentoring this person that's now halfway around the world or like yeah, this person great. was a part of our body. And those faces, I think, are what sustain missionary investment for members of our congregation far beyond, like, any statistics or, you know, even, like, I mean, I wish, like, needs of lostness around the world and those kind of stat dials really mm. pull. And, and I think they do pull at our heartstrings. But I, I, I think more often than not, it's like, no, like, I know I have somebody that I deeply love that's laboring in Turkey to see the gospel expand there and yeah. healthy churches established. And when I give to this, like I'm directly supporting their work. Yeah. I mean, that, that to me is the, the significant tether uh, that this could have long-term in South Carolina churches. I was actually just having a conversation this week with a missionary friend and he was talking about just how important it is for them to, really help people, their supporters, local churches, supporting churches here to to establish relationships with those on the ground in the places where they serve. Because you're exactly right. We're not necessarily moved by statistics. Uh, we are moved by people who we know and love and want to support the work that they are doing in the places where it is that God has placed them. And so uh, I do think that that's a, a great way that churches can begin to think about how, how are we personally investing, not just that we give to Lottie Moon, that's important, but that when we give to Lottie Moon, what we are doing is we are personally investing in uh, the work of the kingdom in these people who God has called to these specific places. And so I, I think this leads me really to my final question for you, Matt. I know that Palmetto Collective is kind of a um, it's a partnership between the, the South Carolina Baptist Convention, between collegiate ministries, and really between local churches. And so I, you've already hit some of this, but how can local churches like a Lake Murray support these students and the work that they're doing through Palmetto Collective? I think one thing is, is in reference to what I just said, which is you, just knowing, like being encouraged by the fact that as you as a member of Lake Murray give and, and as uh, your leaders give to work like the cooperative program, like the South Carolina Baptist Convention, that those resources are uh, being used to fund ventures like this, right? So that that's an encouragement mm-hmm. that we're saying, hey, our our money is uh, is going to ends that are contributing to to coming alongside of our churches to to do more together than we could independently, and that's kind of a great tagline for. Uh, connection and collaboration between churches, but when you actually start to see it played out, say, "Oh yeah, like by virtue of our giving, this is this is actually what's happening." So I would uh, encourage your listeners, men, to continue to continue in that investment, particularly uh, in a post-COVID or mid-COVID world when uh, the financial infrastructure of so many of our organizations is going to be strained. Uh, just say, "Hey, how can we continue to to invest 
in groups that are that are doing good work to get get the gospel to uh, to the nations. I think you know, whether you have students at Lake Murray that are participating in Palmetto Collective or not, to begin to do the the work of uh, identifying a who are some of our early adopters in our student ministry, in our collegiate ministry, who are some students that we would kind of flag at the outset and say they they are. Uh, the kind of people that we see God using in this way, going ahead and identifying them. And really the great thing is, I mean, there's not like secret sauce to what we're doing with Palmetto Collective, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it, it, it's not like there's some magic hidden, uh, hidden secret there. Rather it's, it's uh, good work that local churches can do. And you guys have uh, great leaders, um, strategic ministry. And so a lot of the work you're doing and, biblical theology of mission and giving people opportunity to live on mission where they are growing in competence to share the gospel. Like that's providing such a baseline for people that whether they enter this program or not, they're going to be used by God uh, in strategic ways. And then the last thing I would say is, uh, is praying, you know, as, as the Lord brings things like this to mind, I think it's a good opportunity for us to, to, to pray on, on behalf of, of that. See that as, providential of the Lord that, hey, you were listening to this podcast. You didn't know of Palmetto Collective before. Now you do say, you know, for me, Mondays is for mission, you know, and I I try to, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to be strategic to pray on Mondays for missionary partners. And and so maybe that goes in a prayer journal that you're just like, hey, I'm going to commit every Monday. I don't know these students right now, but I heard Matt talk about it. And um, and I want to pray that God, God would use them. They're supposed to uh, be a team going to New York City here in about three weeks, which we'll see. Uh, we'll see how COVID uh, monkeys with with some of that. But um, yeah. uh, to pray for the opportunities that these students have to uh, to grow in character and competence. And God willing, you know, we look back twenty years from now and we see uh, South Carolina churches growing in uh, stewarding the the people resources that He's put in our church, which is is just vast. You know, if we look at the uh, two thousand some odd uh, churches. Baptist churches in the state and say, man, what kind of human resources do we have to steward for the sake of God's mission? Um, by his grace, maybe we look back years from now and see this was a part of, uh, of growing our capacity to do that well. That would certainly be our prayer as well. To learn more about the Palmetto Collective, you can visit the South Carolina Baptist Convention website, scbaptist.org. And to learn more about how Lake Murray is supporting and funding initiatives like the Palmetto Collective through our GoFundMissions missions offering, you can visit the church website, lakemurraybc.org. Matt, we're thankful for your investment in the next generation of leaders throughout our state, and we're thankful for your time today on the podcast. Hey, thanks for time. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Murray Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Murray Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory, our joy, and others' good.